0: yeah yeah that's a yep yep that uh that that's that's pretty much the the that's it there's a there's no sentence i could use to agree with that <laughs> any more than what i just did <laughs> so with that being said i suppose that we can uh get started who's uh who's- that's
1: my fan i have a you know like a spanish style señorita fan Oh wow! Because my kids turn up the the heat in this house, like they, they want to eat be... a sandwich. Yes, put on a, a sweater. sweater. Oh. God damn it!
0: Did you just anyway. say to put on a sandwich?
1: A no. sweater, <laughs> A sweater. All right. Eat a sandwich. All right. Eat a sandwich and put on a sweater. All right.
0: That's um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I can't even get into that. Five. Four. Three. Two. And
2: Ooh. one! Ooh.
0: Welcome back to the Happy Hour. We're at happy Hour on twitter.com. My name is uh, David OJ. I'm at metaldave01 on twitter.com. And I'm joined, as always, by Beth. Hello.
3: I'm at h-i-v-r-h-u-i-t on twitter. <laughs>
0: and veronica
3: yeah i am at chile
1: underscore pepper on twitter
0: and we're also joined by friend of the podcast i think i'm uh i'm well in my uh you know abilities to say (laughs) so simon salicus joins us hello simon how are you this evening
4: how you doing guys we're doing all right
0: just just dandy Having, having ourselves a, a great return from the bye week. Oh, it was so cool when when Weber won the hardest shot. As oh, if yeah. as if we didn't see that coming a mile away. But alas. Though Elias Peterson, you know, put in some uh, decent wood there. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was like, wow. Good for him. Yeah,
4: that was pretty impressive. Yeah, right? for a, a guy that I would, again, sorry, uh. Veronica, I don't. I, yeah, I should be watching more Canucks games. It's just that uh, I'm not. <laughs> do apologize the to me. But even <laughs> when I do watch those games, it's just that uh, I was uh, quite impressed with that. Uh, quite impressed with that shot for just a guy that's not. Uh, you know, you look at Shea Weber and it wouldn't be, or yeah. Daniel It shouldn't take you too long to figure out uh, what kind of slap shot they're gonna bring. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. And then um also uh McInnis as well. Uh, st louis blue that they rolled out to do the hardest shot breaking 100 he miles an hour i'm pr- i'm pretty exactly. sure he did come on pucks
2: yeah, look
4: I, who, who pucks else said that? I, I, I see veronica saying that that's a couple of people have come on and said that to you. <laughs> the uh the uh, the, uh, the red yeah. army might have been off at that point
2: there. Mm-hmm. did I'm- not
1: look like 100 miles an hour however it was a good bar to set for the making of the money for the charity so that's fine
2: yeah
4: that's good yeah no complaint no complaints
1: speaking of elias petterson when he when the habs played in vancouver just before christmas he was invisible and then i have a brother who's a comedian and a bit of a smart ass well, yeah, he's... <laughs> oh, okay.
0: okay i think i know where this is going
1: <laughs> and he was at he was at the game um he was sitting with my son across from us but um uh, my son was cracking up when we met up because he said that my brother was saying to Canucks fans, hey, I thought Pedersen was supposed to be good. (laughs) It was kind of funny.
0: Well, I mean, he can't do anything whenever Kotkaniemi is on the nice, because if he does, he's just going to cold clock him. (laughs) You know, just like that. So, I suppose that's Uh, what we have to look forward to in Vancouver whenever we go. Yeah. Anyway, for... (sighs) All intents and purposes. Let's see what happened today. So, okay, the Habs are off all week to do hither, thither, and non about whatever activities they (laughs) want to do. Uh, Weber went off to the All Star weekend, had himself a great time, won a thing, and boom, and lost the game and whatever. Charity, kids have fun, great, awesome. Yes. Um, three by uh, three on three ladies uh, game was pretty cool though. Have to have more than that. We'll get to that later. Um. Kakaniemi going around Montreal saying that he's not in Montreal. I thought that was <laughs> clever,
2: very, cute. very nice touch by uh
0: by the kiddo. Um, I believe Tatar and Domi went off to the Bahamas or Cancun or something like that. So all the all the players went on vacation. They come back yesterday. They're in Brassard. They're getting their uh their legs back get a practice in, and then of course they come out of the bye week going up against the hottest team in the nhl the top ranked team in the nhl without alexander ovechkin however the washington capitals and um wow i mean i jeff petrie takes and jeff petrie takes away mm-hmm. or jeff petrie gives and then jeff petrie takes away it's just one of those awful year in- incidences Years. You've been
4: like that all year yeah, yeah. He yeah. Just, he's been like that all year. It's it's uh, it's, it's hard to figure out because uh, um, I don't know with with Kokinemi. There's the injury. His second year, he's still finding his way. He's still a teenager. What just a... that you know it's just, yeah. you go back to the beginning of the year and you circle you know guys you thought were going to just uh, you know you I would say from a coach's perspective. Uh, your least concerns, low maintenance, not about motivation or anything off the ice or stuff like that. It's just that, you know, it, I'm quite certain they knew what they were going to get from Brendan Gallagher and, uh, you know, what you were going to get from a healthy Shea whatever. But I would take it for Claude Julien. That's the one on the, uh, that's the one on his lineup card that he was probably expecting much better play. He was so good in October. I, I don't know if there's a lingering in there. I, I can't think that there's been a lingering injury there that long at this point you would have found a way to shut him down but he's just been wow man i don't know i just uh can't figure out what it is there's the offensive struggles that he goes through a stretch and then there's the you know becomes a little bit of a defensive liability which he hasn't been at all during his entire tenure here so
2: mm-hmm.
4: i would imagine that's that's right at the top of the list though frustrating you know you can't say anything about the drawing and the injury Armia's injury but just man Petrie you know you wanted a solid 23-24 minutes from there they just haven't got enough of that, that all year
0: yeah there's that and um, what else was happening in this game some some wicked to- turnovers from people that you wouldn't expect uh, had, had a couple or a few that were just mind boggling which is hey he's he's been on and off like you just said again this year um, Price was lights out for the most part. I mean, he had to play. He played as well as he could. And, you know, we still had the decision uh, that we had at the end of the night. Um, what's there to say? It's it's an interesting thing. I kind of figured with Ovechkin off the lineup for the Caps, uh, you know, the Habs would be able to uh, figure out a way to stemmy their power play. But, the uh, Caps were able to get one on the power play. The Habs could not score on their power play, and I think it kind of it kind of came down to special teams in the end, really.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it did. Uh, look, uh, they're a good team. They're oh yeah. A great team with Ovechkin. They're still a very good hockey team uh, without him. But I just thought, you know, the way the Canadians came out, they got their early goal. Oh, they got a couple of opportunities there. It's just, uh, and they played them so well, too. They they played the Capitals so well. So, uh, this this is the thing that I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, how good the Capitals? Uh, I, I don't remember the date, but I know exactly where I was. I was at the Sebastian Maniscalco concert at the Bell Center, and Half had playing the Capitals that night, and I went to get a hot dog or whatever, and they actually had the game on which I I thought was pretty cool and I'm watching the game and just the Habs just there was a 3-0 5-2 was the final whatever it was never even close and I'm like how do you play the Capitals so well and you you let points you know uh, against the Red Wings and the Devils slip away that's again that's the whole story that just I think that's the one thing that frustrates him with the the squad is the inconsistency. I think he likes the efforts, but uh, some of the inconsistencies just driving him crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, and And also further, hmm. I'm just going to really quick also further with that Capitals game, the five, two game. I mean, we had a healthy lineup then too. And I think, um, but even then, you know, they, they lost points against the devils and the rain in the wings before then, but back then it wasn't too much of a concern. Uh, it's a big concern now because since that particular Capitals game, it's been a different Habs team, I think. O- and obviously because of Drouin, uh Byron, uh, and then later on, uh, Mete, Armia goes down for a spell. Now Gallagher. And it seems that, um, well, <laughs> what else can go wrong? Though I don't want to ask it. No. But there we are. I'm sorry, Veronica, what were you going to say?
1: I was listening to the majority of the first two periods on the radio with Dan and Sergio, and Dan mentioned more than once that uh, Kovalchuk was struggling.
0: Yeah, he wasn't his usual, uh, uh, you know, Pipper self, as we Mm. would come to expect. (laughs) makes you wonder yeah maybe we maybe tonight we got the kings kovalchuk as opposed to the Habs' one but we'll see now granted at the same time though in the third period it seemed he seemed to be really turning it on but um for like yeah the first two periods he wasn't quite what we've uh been accustomed mm. to so far
1: oh well he's given us a point of a point of game until now and we can forgive him an off night it's just kind of a shame that it comes after a week's vacation you know they're well rested and
4: anyway yeah. they were all
1: over them at the end of the third all over them
4: yeah and uh, look I also uh, you know the capitals are gonna make a lot of very good players uh, look pretty average uh, it doesn't you know Kvalchuk was yeah. the victim tonight but you know it'll be Klo in, in two nights from now or Sidney Crosby a week from now. So maybe a, a more, you know, very well-structured team. So, uh, you know, Kowalczyk doesn't have the opportunity to maybe expose the defense, uh, maybe, you know, capitalize on their turnovers or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, not his best game. Uh, but I thought they played well in the third. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, just the way the Capitals... This is a very good hockey team, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. it's a tough matchup, uh and when you don't drew and Gallagher in the lineup, yeah. you don't, it, it's not just, you know, you're not missing uh, 85 or 90 point guys, but they're, they're, you know, huge parts of your offense. And when the Canes, you can't, you, if you can't, uh, you know, you know, kind of drizzle some talent and some scoring on every line, it becomes, a, the Canes become a lot easier to match up against when, They know which line can hurt you offensively. And today, there was one line. The Kvaltek line as the line that they wanted to shut down. And the Capitals did a good job at that.
0: Despite, even then, by some fantastic play by Philip Deneau, too. I mean, I know um, the goals against, you know, weren't in his favor. But, man, he had some plays there where he was doing everything he could to get the zone, get a good pass off, etc. Just in the end, it couldn't convert, unfortunately. Um... Well, some happier news. Dale Wee scores on his 500th Yay! game. That's really Woo-hoo. cool. First uh, goal since coming back to the club. He is now three points in two games. That all-star stud that he is.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: Yeah, it's incredible.
1: I like I him a lot. Yeah. You could hear him after the game. He was just... He was lavishing praise on um, Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was listening to after the game, uh, Simon, you said that you were listening to the post-game show. I caught the end of a Claude Julian's presser, and um, he was not sort of, he was not mincing words when it came to execution on the part of the players. Yeah. And then I saw a tweet from Mitchy Gallo. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Claude Julian. Quote unquote, not my fault.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I think that those players can take it, but I just thought it was kind of uh, interesting timing to kind of blame them. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I just, yeah. It, it was, it, it, it is very interesting. Uh, I didn't think they were uh, uh, terrible, but I just think it's it, it, it just, to me, it's got to be like I'm. I was frustrated, you know. You're coming out of the break here. You've won four of your last five. It's gonna take something ridiculously special uh, to to be part of the postseason. And yeah, I think for most of us, um, you thought, okay, you got to start with a you got to start with a win here. You're trying to sell yourself on Ovechkin not in the lineup and all that. And I just don't think he was crazy about the effort. I like, you, you brought up, uh, Roderick, you brought up about the, the, uh, Dale Weiss, too. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's big going forward, and, and maybe you can, uh, two scenarios here for me with Dale Weiss. Either you move him, I, I'm not sure what you can get from him, right? Like, here's a guy that spent most of his uh, time this year in the American Hockey League. But what I like about him is, if, if the season does go south, and you realize that the mathematics are completely, if not already, skewed against you, then the good thing about keeping up, Dale Weese, I think, is you got a pro out there. You let him play it out, and then maybe you start thinking about just you know maybe sending a guy like Ryan Poehling, uh, back to Laval, let him play. I'd love to, I'd love to see Ryan Paling When it's all said and done, if even if they tap out and the math is against them, like I said, get guys like Paling and maybe Suzuki. Go, go play in the American Hockey League. Go get, go get accustomed to the playoff hockey. Even if it's just the American Hockey League, it's still the best, second best league in the world. But Interesting to see how they play out Dale Weiss going forward. Here's a guy that likes to be here. I think clearly the general manager likes him as well. He's brought him back a second time. But as he plays well, are they enticed to move him for probably not a lot or just give him the playing time and and send Ryan Paling maybe back to Laval to finish off the the last 10 games of the season and then maybe American Hockey League run.
0: Yeah, and maybe make a run for the Calder, which is something that um, the AHL affiliate for – the Habs hasn't done in quite a spell.
1: So that's the bridge that we are going to cross when we come to it. Because we're not at that bridge yet. And I do realize that um, it's, what is it, the 24th of February? So that's less than a month now uh, until the trade deadline. And and probably, you know, things are going to be definitively decided one way or another before that. But we haven't reached that point yet. So I'm not going to be sort of um, dreaming about all of these different scenarios, because I'm not the GM, but I what I heard tonight from Marco Scandella is the attitude that every guy in that room needs to have, and he was just... He didn't care <laughs> um, what he was going to sound like, but he just said... Yeah, we don't have a great chance, but we have a chance and we've just got to win every game and that's just it. And all of these all of these games now before, uh, until Sunday, the ending in, in the Columbus game, we just have to win them all. And that's it. Every game, every shift, you just take it one step at a time. If you're going to look ahead and despair about, oh, it's going to be so hard and look at our chances and the math and all that stuff, that, then you shouldn't be on a hockey team, on a professional hockey team. So, I mean, all of the scenarios about who we're going to trade and when we're going to trade them and who we're going to send to the AHL and blah, 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 That's stuff that's in the future. That's not right now. Right now, they have to win. And Scandella, sorry to go on, also mentioned about how special it would be for them to to make that accomplishment and just get into the playoffs and how special it would be for the City of Montreal. And I think that the players understand that. So they're not going to quit.
4: No. Uh, I agree, and it, th- this club's not going to quit. It, 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 the, the the quitting aspect, um, I, I don't think it's been an issue now for, for two yeah. three years. I think the there there is uh, I think was uh, the way that the general manager has uh, handpicked everybody on this roster. Right, I think well, the only two guys that aren't his are, are I think are Gallagher and mm-hmm. Carey Price. Everybody else is either mm-hmm. drafted or, tr- or traded by Mark Bergevin. He's got a he's got a team that's going to compete every night, you know, but like uh, a night like tonight, you just fall a little bit short. And I think it has to do a lot with the talent And I'm wondering if, if that's what frustrates uh, Claude Julien, you know, uh, Veronica, you mentioned after the presser, Mm -hmm. here we are after a week off, you would think, uh, you know, you just go through the generic, uh, okay, played well, didn't get the bouncer, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But I, that level of frustration uh, has to be coming, has to be coming from somewhere. And uh, I'm just wondering if it's just you, you look around and, and they just simply Claude Julian just believes he, he doesn't have the horses. You know, the, the complete, complete level is going to yeah. be there. It's, you know, it's not going to be there 82 games a year and, and no team's going to do that. But on most nights, uh, you know, like tonight, they didn't tap out. They, you know, you can count on your hand the number of times, the times they tapped out. They lost eight games in a row and all of them, all eight were by one goal except for two that were empty net goal. Like that, that's, you know, that that's not a team that's... Uh, checked out just
1: yet well, no like they're not getting beat what What was the like, toronto just before the break they got beat whatever it was embarrassed eight to three or whatever that, that score was in that game they the last sort of humiliating loss was against boston no yeah, yeah. all the, the rest of them have all been hard fought that's uh, so a one-off
0: yeah that was a that was a bad weekend because that was also the monday game after the rangers lost when the Habs were up for nothing
1: mm. oh yeah
0: that was um, and that was the night after the Capitals win. So, two kicks yeah. straight in the nose for people to wonder, like, oh my God, what are the Habs team this year? So, just one of those things. Um, crap. I had a thought that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah, we had the bye week, and um, I think uh, something Veronica, you and I were talking about in so far that uh, Bergevin when he said that there's probably You know, not going to be any moves during the bye week. Well, there weren't. And I don't think there were any Mm -hmm. moves by any other team either. But, you know, the big speculation, be it in the Twitter sphere or when it comes to uh, some of the insider guys, were saying, you know, what is Bergevin going to do? And I think it was kind of telling that he took the bye week as a bye week. Nothing. Going to wait until later to see what's going to happen. Yeah, for the trade deadline, which I just realized is the Monday before we all are going to be in Montreal. Isn't that going to be fun? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: we're there at the end of February, Simon.
4: What? uh, You're coming to watch a game?
0: Yes, sir.
1: Going to? We're gonna go. We have tickets to the Carolina game. Okay. uh, On the 29th, and I, in particular. Arrive on Thursday evening, just a few hours before the Rangers game. So I'm trying to sweet talk my way into that game, too. Oh,
4: that's no, the 27th. No, look, that's going be that hard to do there. Uh, Ranger game?
1: Just I can nice do that. Brow,
4: but yeah, walk up Bell Center, uh, street <laughs> level. There'll be tickets. There'll be tickets.
3: Good. Oh, I think I get there early, too. Well, then we should go. Yeah.
4: I think you should uh, harass uh, Campbell for press passes, uh, girls. That's what you Okay.
0: <laughs> that would be oh,
2: well.
0: so much fun. I'm sure Campbell yeah. will just appreciate it. We'll make sure to mention you, <laughs> Mr. Salicus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fine <laughs> I, 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 can't,
3: I, can't,
4: I, I won't say, uh, I won't give you his email uh, on the podcast, no. But... <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah. It's, it's a nice yeah, game. It's Rangers, So you guys are coming in to watch the Rangers in Carolina? That's a nice little back to back, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Spend a few days there. Hopefully, it's not freezing cold. It's going like, to be that's too much to hope
0: for. It's going to be apocalyptic, honestly. <laughs> it's going to be. As oh yeah, I get there at like eleven a.m.
1: I'm
3: going to party. Oh wow, okay.
1: I don't land until about four. Well,
3: we are flying across the country.
1: That's true, and it's that will only be one p.m. for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm probably not getting there till like nine or ten in okay. the evening. Okay, that's okay. Oh, well, what can you do?
3: We'll just have a girl's time. <laughs> Plus, yeah, Sean Campbell.
2: <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah, it's
4: a good, good city to do that, though. It's a good city to have a girl's night out, for sure.
3: Yeah, I did that with my mom. It was a great time.
4: The last time you were up with, you, with your mom, yeah? Yeah. There's a million things you can do, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about the weather. If the weather can hold out, then yeah. you guys will enjoy it. But it would be nice being in, in. Is that the trade deadline weekend as well? That's um, trade deadline. Yeah, so the
0: twenty. Yeah, huh? so the twenty fourth is the deadline, and we'll be in town on the twenty seventh. So we'll be after the fact, uh, during what may or may not be the fallout of whatever happens at the trade deadline. Who knows?
3: Dun, dun, dun. We shall see.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: If we yeah. get press passes, does that mean that we get to go down to the change, the dressing room and uh, talk oh to the players?
4: God. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Uh, you know what? There, there's actually different types of press passes. I think there's ones that allow you to uh, uh, access to, obviously, a press row and then the press conference. And then it gets a little bit stricter when it comes to uh, – locker room i've only been in the, you know what i've only been in the locker room once and wow it was uh the game that suban came back so yes. i just took, i asked uh, i took a press pass just so i can go watch that game and it was a pretty good game but byron scored very very late in the game to give the halves the victory and then we went to the canadians locker room i went with mitch gallo and uh it was empty it was like i don't know like five instead of 25 reporters and then it, we're like, where the hell is everybody? Until we dawned, everybody was on the other side. Oh yeah, trying to get a quote uh, from Suban. So it was like, it was it was the funniest thing. It was the first time I think like those uh, players outnumbered uh, the uh, the media two to one. It was ridiculous, actually. So, yeah. That's funny, huh? Yeah, but tough place to get in. That is for certain. Yeah, I was just joking.
1: I want to ask them what their
0: favorite uh, podcast huh. is. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's your favorite podcast? Damn oh, it. I gotta sneak snake my, my phone in there. Uh, do you listen to my favorite murder? Are uh, you a Karen or a Georgia? Uh,
4: Me? You should ask him. Oh no, I'm saying you should, saying little, you should ask. ask uh, you should ask Dan if you can do the two minutes with.
1: Oh, Simon, with all the ideas. Can
4: yeah. you could you imagine
0: telling John Lou like, all right, <laughs> shove over, big guy. We have somebody else here. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Two minutes
3: with that would be great.
0: That would be pretty cool.
3: Who would we? Who would we talk to though?
0: Obviously Dale (laughs) Wease. Um, I don't know who's the funniest
3: one. Nobody talks to Paul Bun. Mmm. (laughs) Mete, (laughs) Mete. Pretty nuts. Or or I don't know, Kinky's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's a fucking long period.
2: that was pretty simon,
3: cool. oh God, simon did you that know child.
4: too the boy.
1: that you're our most frequent guest
4: i saw that you guys got francois guy you want to come on to it's pretty cool yes yeah he's a
0: yeah he was a he was an absolute joy he came on and you know i run the uh i do all the mixing and whatnot but he came on and he came on with a video and everything <laughs> he had like a little button <laughs> up and I was like, Jesus oh Christ! God. I gotta record this. <laughs> I think I actually, <laughs> so I think I actually do have it recorded.
3: Professional.
0: Yeah, he was a he was a great a. He was an absolute joy. That guy, he was great. That guy. Oh. And Dennis. Oh yeah,
2: Dennis.
4: Yeah, Dennis Brinson. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good one too.
3: Yeah. So my, you're our most My guest. mom loved him.
4: Yes. He's very popular in the mom demographics. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: Well, no. I mean, he actually—I no, think he's about the same age as my dad.
0: Well, but I guess that's something to think about.
3: To think about, <laughs> mom. No, I'm just no, my mom just really enjoyed what he had to say and his his <clears throat> objectivity, but also not being a jerk about being objective.
4: I just, yeah, I don't, look, I love Dennis. I've had him on uh, for years. I uh, consider him a friend. I, I just, I, I think any anybody, uh, I think you can be as aggressive as you want and as critical as you want. Uh, to me, it's all about, you know, what is the end game? It, it just, I, yeah. I'm not a fan of of agendas. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think when it comes to anybody, whatever you want to critique, And I find that Dennis is is really good at that. I I don't think he. It's easy for him to, you know, for uh, especially an outside voice. I enjoy it even more so because there's nothing for him to gain if he just butters up to the Canadians, and if he feels it's time to be critical, nothing changes for him either. So I I I like that outside perspective. I think sometimes it's the best way to get a Mm
2: -hmm. a, a
4: perspective of uh, how the team is doing or the perception of the team is when you go outside. Uh, the province, you know, and you yes. somebody looking and it tells you because you know sometimes we think uh, you know the hams are playing well they're in five in a row it's the top of the food chain and then it's five losses in a row uh, they the worst team in the world and this and that and it's good to always get that perspective from from the outside looking in.
0: Hundred percent.
3: Yeah,
1: because yeah. his heart isn't in it, and he can I I I I, I enjoy his analysis a lot.
2: Yes.
0: Nope, he does a good piece of work there. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering here. Next game is up against uh, Buffalo. And, uh, of course, the the Habs have themselves uh, two days off to uh, probably figure out, you know, uh, what they're going to do against uh, the Sabres as they're coming in. I don't think the Sabres are uh, hobbled by any sort of uh, weird injuries. Eichel's in, right? Didn't he get injured a week or two ago? Or am I completely off no, my... No,
1: I think he played in the All-Star game.
0: All right, so okay, so yeah, he. Pretty probably... sure I heard his name. Oh yeah, no, you're you're totally right. So yeah, so the Habs will be in Buffalo <laughs> on Thursday night, and um, as the narrative is, but also a bit of the fact of the matter is, is that you know when it comes to games and two points, oh, this one's kind of critical division. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a interdivision game, I believe that the Habs and the Sabres are tied at the moment in the standings. If I can. put
1: the... Scandella will have money on the board.
0: Oh, Scandella will have money on the board, won't he?
2: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, congrats mm-hmm. to
0: Scandella for his first point, a secondary yeah. assist as a hab. That's awesome. Good for him.
1: Right. I have something else I'd like to say.
0: What do you want to I, say?
1: Because I've given them a hard time, uh, the Bell Center crowd for being less than encouraging, and in yeah. the past, <laughs> in the past. I don't know four or five games they've been like cheering when the Habs are losing cheering them on with the go Habs go and the encouraging chants and all that stuff and so I've been really liking that too because that's what the player like the players don't count on that but it's a lot better than getting booed or a silent building so I've been impressed by that
2: uh,
0: I'm not sure if you were listening or watching at the end of the second period
1: um no, I was running I had just got home and I was running around with Lucky. Yeah,
0: Why? they they totally got booed off the ice, so
1: Oh they did?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did.
1: I forget I said anything. Yeah. <laughs> well well
3: actually I we I didn't hear the booing bit. I don't know if it was when my streams went out and I had to switch back or whatever, but uh to the radio. But listening to uh Jan and Sergio, um I like the cr- The crowd was really loud the whole time, so. Well, yeah, in I'm, the third
0: period, they were getting back into it, but yeah, at the end of the second, because that, oh my lord, whatever, whatever string of events was happening at the end of the second was like, oh my lord. I mean, they just weren't playing well, and they were getting, getting kind of flummoxed uh, by the Capitals. So
2: mm.
0: that brought along the negative reaction from the crowd proper, as one That's can expect. okay. As one can expect. Oh, yeah, no okay no ing is allowed at any point during a Habs game anymore.
4: God. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I got it. Oh. Here's a funny story. Uh, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago, um, I just went off on the Olay chant. And I was like, this is – we can have an Olay chant. And I can't remember who I was hosting with. And they're like, "Why not?" I'm like, "Because one, forget the the thing that it's a, it's it's a soccer chant, but it is a soccer chant." Firstly, but it's it's like we're not in the business of stealing chants. Like I don't know if you're Vegas, maybe you're looking to, you know, get a get a hint or get an idea where to, where to get it. I, I remember just going nuts on the OLA chant. I'm like, it's it's ridiculous that we're singing it. It makes no sense. It's a, I, and I, I was complaining. It's R, I said it was RDS's fault. I go. This is what happens when you show Champions League soccer on RDS. And <laughs> resonates. Next day, I was like uh, called into the office, and I'm like, oh. uh, I, I I think I've never been called. I think I've been called into the office twice. And I'm like, uh, do you think it's a good idea to tell uh, in the Canadians marketing and PR department that the the OLA chant is a bad idea? Huh. oh i think that i think if anybody uh you know goes on the air and gets overly critical of the marketing or pr department of our uh you know of uh the team that you broadcast on our awares i think you're an idiot you're an idiot why did you do it i'm like dude there was 23,000 people that started chanting that there wasn't a pr state wasn't like uh, a memo that was sent to 23,000 fans <laughs> when they walked the building. I go, it was the fans. I go I'm blaming the fans. I go. Then I'm like, and I'm not going to go out and apologize or say anything. So my boss was like unhappy that I took. He felt I took shots at the PR department and the marketing department. I was like, no, taking fans, at the guys at the top that have had too many beers and to watch <laughs> Champions League soccer. That's who I'm taking it out on. So I'm with you, Dave. No, never again. Never again. <laughs> never. Again. <laughs>
0: Well, it's an interesting history, starting to think about it, too, because, I mean, I recall Olay's back in the 93 cup run. So, I mean, it's been around for a while. I'm actually now, I'm trying to think, like, uh, that uh, long? I think so.
4: I remember the Na 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 chant my whole life, you
0: know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. am I?
4: Yeah, when I remember, even I remember in the late 80s and the mid 80s. And even then, I think that was a football chant. No. No? I've always
1: been
4: a hab thing. Well... Yeah. I think Mississippi's. Hey, like, hey. from, I, I from who,
1: when I was yeah, a I little girl.
4: Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say the first time I heard it uh, ever, and it might have played on the radio, and I, I, I don't remember that. I just remember hearing that big sound coming out of my television watching a Habs game. I, there's no way I watched the Rangers game or an Oilers game, hmm. or a Pittsburgh game, or any game, and they were – Chanting that That, to me, that when I heard that, that was a distinct sound that I I identify with the Montreal 4. Interesting, yeah.
1: The Olay thing, I'm kind of with you, Simon. I don't care if they start to chant it, I don't care that the crowd's having fun, but I am with you. It's stolen. Do your own thing,
4: yes. That's it. That was my whole thing. It's (laughs) not a soccer game, yeah. Good for you for
1: standing your ground.
4: Yeah, that's it. So a
0: quick Google mentions that uh, the Olay started in the late '70s during the dynasty. For wow. Whatever reason, interesting. Yeah, I, I just, I'm, I kind of always figured, oh yeah, they always do it. But I'm also thinking like, well, when did it actually start? Because I wonder if people just associate it with being French because there's an accent. <laughs>
4: what did? What exactly did you punch into the Google bar for you to get that?
0: I got one second. Olay chant Montreal start. <laughs>
4: oh wow!
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't
4: recall
0: it. it's a, Not it's really, a, uh, it's a quick Wikipedia thing. I was just looking at quick, and that's what that yeah. says. And they're saying that they're getting their info from Globe and Mail. <laughs> oh Jesus! Mm. What the hell is this all about? All right, now I'm okay. I've been lost to the podcast. Someone has to talk about something else. <laughs>
1: Okay. What else
4: you got, Simon? I have
2: to
4: read I that houses? houses. Yeah, busy
2: today. Whew, today awesome. Was
4: yeah, I took it. You know what? I like. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's getting older. Uh Uh-oh. I'm. I. I think we have. A, it's unfair to say it. I'm completely biased. My opinion is skewed here because I uh, do consider Dan and Giorgio friends. Uh, but they're awesome. Uh, they're yes. they're so good. I enjoy them. I think I love Dan's. Um, extreme professionalism and the ability to just be funny as well, and or, or quirky or or whatever. He just flips that switch, and Sergio to me is just great. Blunt force trauma, you know. Uh, when he's <laughs> mad, he's mad. When he talks about going to knock somebody down and stuff like that. So I've been enjoying uh, listening to the car, being in the car, or even at home, turning on uh, the radio and, and, and listening to the game. Uh, I've enjoyed that lately. So that's what I do now. So today was just a, a big, uh, pretty busy day, and I spent uh, the first two periods in the car, and I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's how mine yes. was. Yeah, we are very blessed.
4: It's a perspective, though. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of uh, I don't know. It's it's a lot, more. and I don't know. I hate doing this, and I do it pretty much every. Single night because there's clearly some type of uh, quasi addiction to it, but uh, more focused when you're in the car listening to or on uh, listening to the radio uh, than you are in front of the television. Because uh, I want to make a comment on Twitter and then I want to look down and then uh, you know Veronica's in a scrap with somebody, so I start <laughs> reading the thread, <laughs> instigated and stuff, and then you're kind of like I don't know if it's a it's a question of being distracted. Whereas uh, when you're the radio or just I don't know. More I'm more in tune to the game. Yeah, more with the crowd noise and stuff like that. You get a little bit of a better vibe of what it the, the feels like in the building. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And we they are, do such um... a good
1: job of it. I like I'm j i am can I'm imagining it, I'm envisioning it as they're calling it. The the weekday games are I mostly listen to them in my car. and I'll be able to watch the third period live, but mm. and tonight Sergio wanted to go down on the ice and beat up Tom Wilson.
0: Oh, I bet yes. he did. Holy yeah. cow.
1: What is I did not see that. What
0: but... is in that guy's head? I just Oh, man. It wasn't even like it was a brutal hit or anything like that, but he literally like went after Suzuki after Suzuki gave him probably the cleanest hit that you can do in hockey. And when I say clean hit, this isn't me as a Montreal Canadian fan saying clean hit. He went shoulder to shoulder on the guy because he had the puck. And then Wilson was like, grab, tuck you, and you know, throw you to the ground. It's like, excuse me, sir.
2: What
4: are you
0: yes. doing? But as somebody said on Twitter to me, it was very on brand. And I was like, yes, yes, I understand. Yes.
4: But well yeah, yeah I can
0: can't I couldn't believe it. So yeah, Sergio Momesso, absolutely. I would pay money to see that bout. Oof. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's a big guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Miles Mo, yeah, was a big yeah. dude. I mean, <laughs> I've um,
4: Brings Dan with him too. That's another big dude. That's yes, yeah. I've always said I I've never, I'm not even sure if I've seen how many other broadcast teams in the league. There's no way there's anybody. Uh, big actually, there. I think I asked Sergio once, I uh, if they're the biggest and baddest <laughs> uh, one two punch in the NHL, and he told me. I can't remember who it was, but a former real tough guy enforcer from the '80s. Was it? I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but he goes to me. No, man, that guy's pretty, uh, pretty bad dude. He's like, he's a bad man. I'm like, really? He goes, well, he was in his playing days. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, fine, but I'll, I'll get that for you. But nice. other than that. Then uh, Dan and Sergio can pretty much handle their business.
0: Yeah, the uh, yeah, and even further, you know, like we were saying before, I want to say we are absolutely blessed on the radio to have both of them for sure because they are just they are top quality guys uh, with a uh, with the commentary that they uh, give to the people. You know, uh, there are times where I'm like, you know, shut off the audio on the TV, try to sync it up with the, the radio sometimes because they're just so good. Yeah, absolutely good especially when they're away oh my lord that's when i usually do it but
2: yeah
0: oh well i couldn't believe that yeah i i forgot all about that tom wilson thing jesus now i'm all angry again we
3: all try
1: to forget about tom wilson man well and the way that sergio characterized it was that tom wilson was mad that he got hit by the rookie yes i
0: could that's that's 100% probably true i can see that
4: Yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I, I love with what Suzuki did, but I don't have a problem with what Wilson did. It, it's the same thing. If some young nineteen-year-old would have given a little bit of shoulder to Max Domi, I'd be like, Max, you know, make that guy aware that he can't do that. <laughs> so it, it's 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 par for the course. But good for Nick Suzuki. That, that's that's ex- what else do you want to see? That's exactly yeah. what you want to see, right? So many different. Uh, Elements of his game have matured throughout the year. And uh, that too, a little bit, you know, pick your better targets. Like that, you know, slowly, yeah. let's, let's build up to Tom Wilson. Like there's a lot of guys, <laughs> that, I don't know, go after Lars for like five minutes. That's a much better, uh, you're to pick your poison. And then, but they're good for him, went straight to Tom Wilson. Not a bad thing. I think they need that though. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer of like the team needs an upgrade in talent. They need, you know, a point of game player and stuff like that. But there's an element of, not Tom Wilson's a special player. Say what you want. The guy skates so well. He's as big as an ox. He's a former first round pick. He scores twenty goals. They need some of that. You know, and you know, you have Matt yeah. Gomey and you have Shea Weber. <clears throat> and there's an there's an element of that over an eighty two game grind that uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that uh, physicality, and especially now with Cooking Yemi, Paling, and eventually Cole Caulfield. Uh, I think you're going to have to find a little bit of that toughness. And maybe Romanoff. You know, I don't know yeah. enough. I, I, unlike, uh seems like everybody on Twitter is watching KHL hockey games. I don't know how that happens. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the looks we've seen in the juniors and stuff like that, I think they're going to they need a little bit of that element of uh, physicality. Yeah. Well, I like that about Suzuki. That's, that's, that's a lot. Says a lot. Because the guy he went after is yes. the guy that can have you leave on a stretcher. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and
1: it's because he's so slippery. He's sneaky.
0: Suzuki yeah. is one of the smartest, like yeah. I don't want to say dirty players, but when he's on the boards, he can do so many things that I don't expect that just wow me. I mean, yeah, against a Wilson here, you know, he just gave him a bump. But he does so many other things that are so cerebral yet physical at the same time, it really it's really something. Like I remember watching him Suzuki at the um oh god, what was it called? In Belleville, the rookie tournament. Rookie Showcase, yeah, whatever yeah. it was at the beginning, and there were just plays on the board where he would, like, he would either, like, lose the puck and, like, just kind of force himself to slip onto somebody's stick so that somebody couldn't make a play and just all sorts of really interesting, you know, nitpicky, dirty little tricks that you can do to try to keep, uh, you know, possession and um you know that translate it's it's translating into his play you know at the nhl level with the habs and it's it's remarkable you know if there's one yeah there are good spots with the season aside from the record and all the uh you know hodgepodge about you know losing games and streaks and whatnot but suzuki is improving all the time and that's amazing
4: i think that's a great point that's cuz it's it's so easy to uh to add up the goals, assistant points, and to look good uh, on on the power play and all that, but the fact that he, he doesn't put himself in a spot, a vulnerable spot, that that's impressive, man. Because there's a lot of young players in this league. That, oh, for uh, sure. You know, it, it's it's not a hit that it's going to resonate, or you're going to watch it on replays and all that stuff. But but just getting dinged, you know, just getting caught, whether it's you know uh, somebody just plowing your shoulder or somebody just putting you on your butt. And the, the uh, I think he he is very slick when it comes to that. Little very similar like to Plakanas where Plakanas played an yes. edgy game. Oh, good call. I'm sure, a lot yep. of guys wanted to put him through a board, but <laughs> you know, think about it. I you know I we, I pretty certain I watched ninety eight percent of his games, and you couldn't catch him flush. You couldn't catch him clean. And for Suzuki, I think that speaks volumes. Because look at Kokinemi, right? You would think um, same type of talent, first round talent. Uh, Kokinemi puts himself in spots where he is uh, on the train tracks. He's been hit a couple of times. He's put up, put on his butt a few times. Pailing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paling's a exactly. big example. Exactly. Uh, a great example. And Suzuki. No, you're right. We here we are. Whatever. We're hovering near the 50 game mark and I, I can't remember a time where a guy has uh, gotten the better of him physically he'll lose his puck battles don't get me wrong but i'm just saying uh, put himself in a vulnerable spot it hasn't happened at all mhm
0: right yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah and, and there's it's... no
1: shoulder slump uh for suzuki either when he does lose those battles he just gets right back into the, into it
0: for sure yeah. yeah it's such a weird thing you know talking about kakunami and paling with their presence on the ice Because, um, you know, we always, uh, we see them as being really smart players. You know, one would expect them to, you know, not have, uh, not get caught as many times as they do against a really physical play and being at the, you know, the worst end of it. Um, Coloca Niemi, I think, is just a matter of um, him figuring out how his body works. Because, you know, gains 20 pounds over the summer. Um, Super tall. Using a stick that's way longer than you ought to, but what do I know? It just looks like it sometimes. So yeah, that's here, there, in the nowhere. But with paling, it really surprises me because him co- coming from the NCAA, I mean NCAA, you're like you're you're dodging boulders all game practically, unless I'm you know off my mark. So I'm I'm surprised about how difficult it seems to be uh, for paling because um. That hit during the preseason, you know, gave him, a, you know, a good knock there. And there are some hits uh, even in the the regular season with the either the first call up. And I think just recently in the most recent call up, where he's um he's been at the uh, the wrong end of a
4: a hit and whatnot. I think it's a matter of speed. That's the one thing that uh, the biggest transition you make from NT N- N- 2 A is just. People, the closing speed that guys have in the National Hockey League, its just, you think you have space. Uh, you've always had that space, and then all of a sudden you get to this level. And, no, you don't have that space where you thought you had the opportunity to get by somebody, how quickly that window closes. And I think that uh, – I don't think anything prepares you for that. And you got to learn on the go. And Suzuki, maybe Ontario Hockey League, a little chippier, a little bit more physical than it is in the uh, – in college, mm-hmm. maybe... And, and he's older, too, right? So yeah, yeah. He's got that a little bit, you know? So uh, you got to... You know, you see a couple of... You know, more comfortable in your skin. You start to develop a little bit of your uh, hockey IQ. But, it's just, yeah, it's definitely something that Paley and Cook and you have to work on.
0: They can only get better with time. You know, the more they play, and that's kind of pretty much all it comes down to. So, what can you do?
1: And he's also, just like I... When, um, the ar- argument, quote-unquote, that I took up with Dennis Bernstein is, st- of, of those three, is the youngest. Yeah. You know, so everybody's development is different. He's been developing in the NHL, in the men's league, but he's always played with men, too, so there's that. But, um, yeah, in the long run, he's he's going to be, you know, when everything catches up with itself, his age, his size, his weight, all of that stuff, and his skill... Um, yeah, not worried about that player. But Paling, that is one thing that I've been concerned with, is if he's along the boards, he's getting knocked out. And I'm not sure how I, how he changes that.
4: I wonder if just... Uh, I, I didn't watch him play any college. And I, I don't watch any college. I have, no. I've, the only Cole Caulfield I've ever seen is Highlights on uh, twitter i don't get uh overly excited about college basketball players unless they're running around on a football field so <laughs>
2: uh
4: i'm just i'm just wondering for paling like how much of that time he spent uh playing center and then now making the adjustment to mm. wing and you know we talk about maybe it's, it's different because you know from a playmaking's perspective or a defensive responsibility perspective but Ah, uh, maybe we're, you know, making that adjustment to wing, he's still not familiarized himself with, with playing wing, and maybe that's why he puts himself in the opportunity. Because the center, you would imagine, he's a lot, you know, clearly, uh, you know, more in the uh, middle of the ice. But maybe you know, the stretch here, uh, if there's a silver lining, is just you know, getting more minutes, you know, whether it's here or in, in, in the American Hockey League, wherever. I think he's going to be a winger going forward. I, I find it yeah. hard to believe. That he's gonna be a center, I think is Suzuki and Domi and Kokinyemi and Phil denot are all ahead of him, and if Mark Vergermain has another kick at another uh restricted free agent next summer and he offers sheet somebody I don't even know who the list is, but I'm, I'm I'm willing to bet that it's gonna be a center that he goes after,
0: huh. Yes. I, only, I only say that because <laughs> what, what's been uh, what's been uh, the thing people have been really clamoring for is that left-handed D to get somebody to play with Weber, and I kind of wonder if that's still uh, as pertinent now as it was back then. I kind of feel it's it's still important in a way because you bring in Scandella, and I mean it's not like Scandella is going to be a game breaker by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think people. Well, I don't think that really matters. I guess it comes down to what Claude thinks too, uh, you yeah. know. You you have that weber uh top pairing, which is pretty much as bruising, you know, a top pairing as you can get. And then after that, though, I don't know. It kind of gets kind of strange. Well, we were talking about hitting before. What's the Simon? What do you think your your thoughts are with um, with Flurry and Kulak switching spots?
4: Yeah, when is switching spots? You mean uh, sitting?
0: I, I mean, uh, uh,
1: Kulak coming out.
0: No, Kulak uh, playing and then uh, Fleury coming out.
4: Uh, I, I don't have a big problem with it. I, I don't think Kel Fleury's done anything. Uh, I don't think he's done enough in this league that anybody should be uh, upset when he sits out. He doesn't have enough street cred. He doesn't have enough games played. Uh, it's part of the process. That being said, I don't like it uh it's it, you know I'll, I'll 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 preach about not you know don't complain because the rookie who hasn't established himself is sitting out uh, right. but i i don't believe what i'm saying uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it makes it, it i i think it it totally makes sense that you shouldn't be upset about that but i don't know i just i think I, I like to think a little bit of a big picture here like okay there's a great probably you're not making uh, the playoffs this year, fine. And you still have to go out there and coach like you want to win a hockey game. I get that. But there's also an element here that I'd like to forecast and, and see where you, this team is going to be a year from now, two years from now. I think uh, Fleury is going to be a regular NHLer. I think he'll be good enough to play the 4, 5, or 6 role on a regular basis. I, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't get why he sits. I Because the the... Mistakes that he's made, some of them are bad. Okay, fine, sure. Uh, but I don't know. I, I would just continue to feed this guy minutes. And I, I think it's... Hello? Uh, I, I think his Hi. growing uh, curve is much greater than, than Kulak's. Nice.
1: Well, and that's what I'm thinking is I, I'm not seeing so much of... I like Brent Kulak, hello? but I'm not seeing... Hello? Are you there?
0: I just messaged her. I'll just try to see what's going okay. on with that.
1: Sorry. Um, I'm not seeing so much. What, what is Kulak really bringing that you're so infatuated with having him in the lineup? When um, Kale Fleury, like you said, Simon, yes, he makes mistakes, but he also brings a lot of physicality. And he will rock players. And um, it was the whole thing a few years ago when... You know, uh, probably misguidedly, uh, Mark Burgman brought in all that size at the at the trade deadline. Um, you know, in in, in in I can't even remember the name of the play the names of the players. Martinson Eddard, Martin Eddard, et Martinson cetera, et cetera. and King. Yeah. And Art, yeah. But the sort of the, the the book on the halves that year was that they they were they weren't tough to play against they were easy to play against and i i I like that dimension that kale Fleury brings i also think uh he's a talented hockey player so i'm a little bit surprised that that continues quite frankly
4: when when they
1: really need something right now
4: and i I don't think uh shea weber has been as uh uh, physical uh this is probably the least physical we've seen him on a game in and game out basis but He's played so well, so you don't need him to be uh, that physical. So when you look around, you know Mete is not Petrie is is not going to be physical enough. And and, and Ben Chrott's a nice addition, and he fits really well. And if you're throwing Flurry, then at that point, I think you have a guy in every pairing that um, yeah is a little bit more. I just I don't want to. Like, I, I think Kulak is an NHLer. I don't think he's a penciled in 82 games a year NHLer. But I, I think Fleury can. I, I think Fleury can be that. So, yeah. And I, I've I've been saying it, maybe up until like I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, when when Nick Suzuki has really taken off and and taken. Yeah. It was even
2: way
4: uh, hmm. a surprise in Suzuki because just um, a couple of times and talking to. Uh, uh, Knuckles, and they talk about how hard it is to play defense at a young age
2: mm-hmm. in
4: the NHL. Like when you're playing wing, like Nick Suzuki is, like Nick Suzuki on a power play, like he's been doing this his whole life. There's there, nothing changes. It's still five against four, but to play defense in the NHL and to play it well or as, at a young age, that is the most difficult thing to do. With mm-hmm. I think it's the most difficult transition. In, I think it's easier for a 20-year-old goalie to come up and shine, and we saw it last year in the in, in, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So I think with Flurry, man, I, I would just I would feed Flurry minutes all game.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: I think he's uh, part of the uh, part of the future.
2: Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah, I mean uh, that defense is is always the thing that I always wonder about, and also like uh, like Mete, going from oops, going from um first uh uh first line minutes with Weber going back to the third line. And i kind of wonder what the, uh, what the thing with that is as well.
1: Well, it's cause Ben Sherratt looks good playing with Weber.
0: And yes, that is true for sure.
4: Yeah. yeah. I like that and, pairing. Uh, I think, uh, it's, uh, I think that's exactly what it is. And Edvic Met is a nice story. And uh, again, I, I don't, I think he's, he's not a guy that I've, you know, you can pencil in, 82 games a year. The, the thing I like about the Scandella acquisition, when you go with Scandella, and even if you want to go with Mete next year, and you got uh, Flurry as well, uh, I don't want... I'd like to see the... I know it's, it's, it's hard to do with your number seven defenseman, but it seems like with Riley and Kulak, it's kind of like fringe NHLers. I like to see them... You're always going to have a fringe NHLer, obviously, in the number seven spot, right? Because if he wasn't a number seven, then he's a clear-cut everyday guy. But I think yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more of that professional depth on the blue line. Maybe when Romanoff comes in and he slides into a spot, uh, but yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be better out there than 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 Mike Riley. Mike Riley can skate. I'm not sure how much more he can do than that. But I think just developing that young blue line uh, and and develop and getting Flurry the minutes, I think, is something that going forward is something that I'll keep an eye on. Um, I think Riley too. He was shipped out. Yep. Yeah, he's in Ottawa now, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. how they made move for Scandela when they got rid of uh, Riley. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I guess. We'll I was not see.
1: heartbroken. Yeah.
0: He Just had like, his moments. Riley. That's okay. Yeah. Occasionally. Mm-hmm.
1: It's fine. Yeah. So next up, Buffalo.
0: Yep. Next up, Buffalo, and uh, yeah, Scandela's magnificent return to uh the city of labats and hot dogs <laughs> and steamed hams and hot wings and hot wings yeah yep. Yeah. that's true yeah. there is a casino in buffalo as well don't know its name
2: really yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i'm not joking it's, it's like right across the parking lot from uh this the rink okay
1: it's a good place for it <laughs> so that'll be good
4: well, it, it's uh, after you lose tonight. It's starting to become almost the, the, the two lo- to drop two points to Buffalo, and then the uh, oh god gets even worse. Yeah, it gets even worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty big game. It'll be fun to watch at least. Yes, uh, it will. It'll be fun, a little playoff hockey like in January. Almost. That's that's the way you got to look at it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're getting now. And also with February too. Come to think of it, uh, February is the um. Busiest month of the schedule for the Habs. I think they have something like fifteen or sixteen games, or something like that. Am I over exaggerating that? In
1: twenty nine days?
4: Wow.
0: Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, look,
4: some. they're coming off the the All Star break. They're coming off their bye week, so they got to make up some hockey, and it's probably going to do that in February.
0: Mm. Yeah. Did I do the math right? Fourteen games? Am I an idiot? I might be.
1: No, I think you. I've heard that before. I don't. I haven't looked at it that's okay this is really good um
0: definitely definitely 15 games oh yeah we are we're always on top of the math and the numbers (laughs) 15 games certainly though i just counted them by hand without a calculator
1: and back-to-backs
0: um there are (laughs) there's one uh two back-to-backs in that time just
4: four. yeah because i think there's I think there's three or four back-to-backs left the rest of the season. They played 15 times in February. Oof, that's quite the stretch.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be. Oh man, one yeah, of the. let's
4: do it. Oh, one let's of the. Just do it.
0: One of the back-to-backs is a home and away one too. Okay, Where? so they're home. They're home. I mean, I'm sorry. They're away in Pittsburgh, then they're back home the next night. So it's not too bad, but no, still. No, not.
1: Yeah. Okay, work boots time.
0: Work boots time, and we're starting to near the end of our time. Simon, you spent the entire time with us. That's amazing.
4: Good times, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. What did you do for the bye week, really quick?
4: (laughs) What did I do? I worked the morning show. That's exactly it. Oh
0: yes, that's right. Oh yeah, that's so true. I bet you had such a great time waking up, getting on the getting on the radio and just saying stuff. That's great.
4: Yeah. You know what? I I enjoy it more. It, it's the the first 20 minutes. The body, uh, I just I don't know. The 4.30 wake up. <laughs> there's no way I'm ever get used to that. But once you get on the road, uh, you're all right. You know what? It was a fun week to do radio with Sean. Um, the halves were off, and there was no you know the text messages. The text messages are. It's that's a pretty angry place.
2: Mm-hmm
4: much angrier than uh, Twitter. Because Twitter, uh, some, you know, most will put a face to it or stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: but I, it was nice to, a week to do radio because there was no Habs and there was no frustration. So we got yeah. to talk a little Habs and we talked about, uh, you know, whatever else in the National Hockey League, a couple of stories coming out, the NHL top 50 players. So it was just nice to uh, not concern yourself about firings and hirings <laughs> and, and trades and stuff like You know, we spoke a little bit of uh, – what would happen, you know, forecasting between now and the trade deadline, but there was uh, quite a nice nice week of radio. You really the
0: threaded the needle there, didn't you, Simon?
4: In what sense?
0: Well, just that <laughs> you got to do the morning show without any hockey going on, practically, for the <laughs> Habs, I mean.
4: Yeah, for the Habs, at least,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, cool. No, glad you enjoyed it. It's better
1: for me it. when you're on later in the day, Simon, because that morning show starts at 3 a.m. for me.
0: <laughs> wow. And I'm not up, but- no. Well, what are you doing, Veronica?
1: <laughs> Fast asleep. But yeah.
2: Awesome. I did. Well, I
1: did hear you at the tail end of the shows uh, this week. Good job as usual.
4: Thank you.
0: As You're usual, welcome. absolutely. Well, Simon, thanks for coming on again after a rather somewhat depressing night, <laughs> given that the Habs lost. And uh, we thank you for your time. As always, it's always a pleasure.
4: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Looking forward thanks, to Simon. It Have a good one. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye. Good night. That was great.
0: Ah shit. And I'm not depressed. Well, it's depressing. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, like five minutes ago, we lost Beth. Um.
1: Yeah, she was like, "Hello."
0: <laughs> yeah, she got disconnected. Unfortunately. Oh, um okay. and I forgot to wish Simon a good night from her. So um oh, my one job was uh a failure this evening. And that's it. So, anyways, yeah, we are out of time though. Um Yeah, yeah uh Habs are uh visiting Buffalo, the jewel of oh, New we York. the
1: Simon about the studio time.
0: Son of a fuck!
1: Have...
0: Yeah, we'll do that afterwards. The- <laughs> And with that being said, bye-bye.
2: Yeah, bye, 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 Go
0: have go, go. Go have's go.
2: That's it.